All right, friends, I have been watching that show again, 100 Foot Wave, and they said something on there that made me kind of question. They said, you know, we have an obligation to follow the drive within us, our own intuition. And it got me to thinking that we are all part of something so much bigger than ourselves. And the angel said to ask you, do you think that we have this obligation to listen to our own intuition, to trust it, to follow it, to let us, to let it guide us? Uh, for me personally, having channeled the angels for years, the way that I answer this is absolutely 111% yes. I have this obligation to follow the signs, follow the fire, the drive within me. And you know, what I hear all the time from the clients that I work with is, Julie, I just kept thinking for years, and I was this person too, what am I supposed to be doing? I, I would pray, God, show me what to be doing next. God, give me the title and give me the topic for the book that you want me to write. God, show me what it is that you want me to do. And I'd hear all the time, take this course, go to this class go read this book, go research this. And I never did it because I was waiting for the bigger answer. But what I've been talking about a lot with my clients, um, and they've actually brought this to me, is they're like, Julie, as soon as you get into one of your programs, whether it's the Angel Reiki School or the Angel Membership, I got the next download from Spirit, the next thing to do. You have to take that next action piece in order to get that next piece of your puzzle and allow um, Spirit to lead you. So friends, your angels are, are asking you to kind of tune in to ponder this question for yourself today. Do you have an obligation to listen to your own intuition and to follow it? Friends, if your angels are calling you to the membership, know that this is your sign. Doors close tonight at midnight. And if this is where you're feeling called to be, it's because they're calling you there in order to unlock that next piece, to show you that next nugget. It is what you've been praying for. And hey, friends, if you're like, Julie, I don't feel called to the angel membership, no worries whatsoever. I only want people there who feel called. And to today, February 1st at midnight um, is the last day for you to be able to join. So if you want to do this awesome, head on over to theangelmedium.com and go to the Angel Membership page. Friends, without further ado, here is today's angel story. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And friends, today we have on a very heart-centered guest. Her name is Heather, and she has four beautiful angel stories to share with us today. Heather, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Julie, for having me. Of course, of course. So I'm going to have you take it away and share your first story. My first story is from 12 years ago, and at that time, I was a federal um, agent with, for the government, and I was in a narcotic squad at the time, and so it was a daily um, thing that we would do where you go out and do a surveillance, warrants, and whatnot, 
So this particular day, we received um, a call from a confidential informant saying that a particular vehicle they knew had narcotics in it and um, was in our area and where the narcotics were supposed to be going. So we all set up on surveillance and followed the car. So we uh, contacted, which is normal, uh, a march, what we call a march unit, a march police unit, right? And so this led to now a high-speed pursuit because they didn't want to pull over. And what happened was, um, in this particular story for me, was the, it was the police car in front, then it was, let's call it the bad guys, then it was one of my partners, and then me, and then the rest of our team was behind my, myself. Well, I know for a fact we were doing over 60 miles per hour, and this particular car that had the drugs in it, the driver decided to stop, and then he immediately and the passenger jumped out and ran into the woods, which again, this happens. But what we weren't prepared for is that the, the car accident that, that were car accidents that happened during this time. So the police car stops. And then I knew immediately I was not going to be able to stop my car without hitting my partner's car. And I needed to maintain my car in the lane that I was in. So he was in like the, the right lane. I was in the, the left lane. There's no traffic on this road in front of us. You know, and again, all law enforcement, we go through extensive training for these type of things um, when they occur. So I knew automatically what I needed to do. And but my car went like underneath the back bumper of the, my partner's Tahoe, which my engine immediately dropped, airbags deployed. And I just had to maintain that speed, not seeing anything, but knowing that I could keep the car in that lane without flipping it to a stop. And I was able to achieve that. But when I clipped his car, it went up and on the, the back of the police car, and then it came back down. So when I stopped my car, my head, it hit the rearview mirror. And then, my, you know, obviously I hit the airbags and then I was able to jump out. And then we all ran to my partner's car and all the glass was broken in his car, shattered. And, you know, obviously we're all kind of, he was in a state of shock. So we had to get him and we were able to extract him out of the car. So we both, you know, we're checking everybody. We had no scratches, Julie. We had no bruises. We had no broken bones. And then the paramedics arrive, obviously. So, you know, the rest of the team and the helicopter is searching for the bad guys. And now paramedics are there to look to look us over. And they looked at both of us and said, do you believe in angels? And we were like, yeah, why? And they were like, because the scenes that we come to, that this kind of thing happens, you should have been decapitated. Like that's like, you guys would not be alive and you would definitely like be decapitated. And I was like, Oh, wow. Never thought of that, you know, because you just get caught up in the moment. So later, so we're fine. Like, you know, we're fine. And then, but it was a very big moment for, for, for myself, my partner, our squad, and really the whole floor. Again, we were used to being in dangerous situations, but you really, on that type of thing, you really do take it in and you're like, you know, one of us could have died. And then I went through a few days of like 
it's not depression, but it's more, I guess, like a PTSD because my partner had just had a baby with his wife and the baby was like two months old. And I then was like, oh my gosh, what if, because I didn't, I wasn't able to stop, you know, that this baby would now have no dad. So you go through this like guilt. So we were fine. Again, we got checked out and we were fine. Exactly three years later, I end up with my shoulder hurting and went to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, you know, it's probably from like, you know, the way you're lifting the weights, um, ice it, rest it, take some ibuprofen. Okay. So I do those things within 24 hours. My shoulder was like, I can't even like, it, it was literally like this. It was like five inches higher than the, the, the right shoulder. And I had intense pain going down my arm and that night I ended up, I was single at the time. I ended up driving myself to an emergency clinic. And then I was told, well, you have a slip disc. So later what I found out, and just for the uh, knowledge of, of your audience, I'm not a doctor or a nurse, but um, what I was told by the, um, my surgeon is that if you're in any type of car accident, it, it could be three or more years later before you can even see the actual injury, you know, with the spinal cord, with the disc that can stop, you know, start um, uh, displacing, right? So the second part of this, this story is that um, I end up with this slip disc and they wanted to do surgery. And then I met this, uh, I believe he was an angel, my neurosurgeon, and he's an older man. And I told him, I'll do anything not to have spinal surgery because I was just very scared. And so we went two years with physical therapy and doing all these things. And we thought that I was perfectly fine, that we got the disc back to where it needed to be. And then all of a sudden it was happening all over again. And I was having those same feelings. And, and let me back up in the story. When I took myself to the um, ER, the Mercy Clinic, like within hours, I had lost all feeling. Um, it went numb on my whole left side. And so that was a very scary experience for me because I obviously I was in law enforcement, I carried a weapon and I had certain things that you know you have to have um, the use of that in order to do that position. So anyway, this neurosurgeon worked with me for two years and then I um, started having the same symptoms again and we did another MRI. And this time he told me, unfortunately, you have to have emergency surgery and 48 hours because it slipped and it's on your spinal cord. Go home, sit, don't do anything until you come back because you could become paralyzed. Had surgery, it was perfectly fine. He helped me through the whole process. And I truly am blessed and just feel um, like he was an angel um, to help me heal for a couple of years in order to not lose the ability to, to use my legs um, and to become paralyzed. So that's my first angel story. I just feel like um, I just wanted to share that with, with everyone today. My second one is more, I, I can, maybe it's an, an angel story, Julie, I don't know, or maybe it's more intuition or maybe it's all of the above. So a few years ago, my husband, and you'd have to know my husband, he is ADHD and we literally call him squirrel. Okay. He's all over the place all the time. And he's a bundle of joy. And during COVID, we're all in lockdown like everybody else. And we're working from home and, you know, we start watching the squirrels and the birds. And it's almost like, you know, the actual community of birds and squirrels, like around your home and then you're, you know, around your, you know, the neighbor's homes. So he fell in love with squirrels 
And uh, this particular weekend, he wanted to build a squirrel house for his new friends. So he went to the garage. He built the squirrel house. It was adorable. And then he decides, uh, without me knowing, that he's going to go place it in the, the huge front tree, the oak tree in the front of the house. Now, I'm in the shower that night thinking that he's still working on the squirrel house. And all of a sudden, I hear my inner voice say, he fell out of the tree and you need to go now. And I was like, uh, I don't think he's in the tree. It's, it's nighttime. Like it's dark outside. And I heard it again. And I immediately knew because it's my husband that he had gone into the tree and something has happened. And sure enough, he had gone into the tree at night by himself with a ladder, fell down, misplaced his foot and landed on his side and he lost his breath. He says for a period of time, he just went out and I get out of the shower, rush and put on clothes, soaking wet, run into the front of the house. And when he goes to the emergency clinic and they take the x-rays, he broke seven ribs. But without me hearing that inner voice and paying attention, I, I don't know how long he would have been out there, you know, and that's what scares me. So I don't, I, I believe in my heart, I feel that that was my, the angels and now learning from, you know, being within your program, my spirit team of just listening to my intuition and then guiding me and telling me there's a, there's a problem and you need to go now. Um, to, to help him. So that was my second story. And then this particular story I'm going to tell, um, and I don't want to get emotional because today is my first year anniversary. It's a very special day for me and my husband. But last year we planned to get married and we're both very busy. So I hired an elopement planner. I know some of your uh, members and people listening to the podcast might be like, well, what kind of elopement is that if you hire a planner? <laughs> but I'm a planner myself, so I wanted someone to help plan it correctly. So hired this lovely lady um, who was the elopement planner, and she's also the photographer. And we were supposed to we were supposed to get married in South Lake Tahoe. And so we end up moving the venue and location because when we were leaving last year, now we're heading into, they had a blizzard. They lost electricity. We had electricity at our hotel. Some of the hotels um, in South Lake Tahoe had elect, uh, generators, but the stores, everything was closed. I mean, no, no one had electricity at all. So our planner had told us about this um, special little place to stop and have hot chocolate and snowshoe. Um, when we were driving, we decided to get married in California, not Nevada. So to go get our marriage license, she says, you know, you can pop into this place and um, it's really cute. And so we go in through this weather, you know, down the mountain range into California to get our marriage license, which the only way we were able to get that, it was because they had electricity because the um, that department was tied to the coroner's office. So they had to, to had to have a generator. So this blizzard was the snow was like four, five feet high. I mean, it was just incredible. So we get our marriage license. And then after 
you know, we're trying to figure out, even with a elopement planner, we're on the phone for like two or three days during this period of trying to figure out like, okay, because we were going to get married in the wilderness. We're literally going to snowshoe in and just get married um, in the snow with the trees and the birds and the squirrels and just this private intimate ceremony. But now the snow's so high, you cannot snowshoe. So um, we popped into this little place that she told us about and they were so nice. They didn't have electricity, but they said, Hey, you know what? We can make you hot cocoa. And if you want, we can walk you around. We had nothing else to do. So we said, sure. And you can't go snowshoe. Cause again, the snow is like, you know, four feet high. So we were walking through this. It's, it's, it's all historic cabins and they're just lovely, adorable cabins. And they're all like scattered out amongst this property. And you just have the trees and nature in the background with like snow, like and icicles coming off the trees. I mean, it was just magical looking. And so I said, well, hey, and they had like shoveled through, right? So like you could like, literally the snow was like four feet high each. And then like, you can go down, like they've, they've shoveled it all the way through to these like little cabins. And I asked the young lady, well, what's this little one up here, this cabin to the left? And she goes, well, we can go look at it. And we turn and then I looked at it and I was like, it was like the angels were saying, this is where you're getting married. It was this beautiful, I don't know if you can see it. It's probably not. Can you see it? Okay. So it, it is an historic cabin and the name of it is Chapel. And it looks like a wedding, it looks like a church. And so I said, well, can we see this? And she's like, yeah. So it's a one bedroom, so the, it's a loft. And if you go upstairs to the spiral staircase, it's just a, you know, it's just an open room with a bed and then it has a deck in the back. But I couldn't see the deck because the snow was so high on the deck. That's all you could see on the door because it was a glass door. So she, so I said, well, can you remove all that snow? And she said, yeah, no problem. I asked if we could get married there and they said, yes, they told me, you know, it's a fee for the one night stay. So that night we get a hold of our elopement planner and I let uh, her know like, Hey, I think we have an option here. We were getting married the next day and, but we didn't again, know where. And I was like, I think we have an option here. Are you open to this? And she said, okay, where is it? I told her, she goes, how much are they going to charge you? I said, $400. And she's like, call them back now. She's like, I, I have to do a retainer for $10,000 to even do a simple elopement there. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah. So we called them. And then the next day, that's where we went. And we got married on the back um, deck at this beautiful little um, cabin. And our wedding officiant and photographer, again, it was the wedding planner and the photographer, same person, were like, this is like the most magical, intimate moment. And my husband and I, I mean, obviously, we just cried and cried and cried because we just felt the love of our children did not come with us to get married, but our children, um, all of our loved ones, and we felt our loved ones in heaven, like literally you could feel just like, it was just the most amazing love, like a big hug of like, just everyone there with us. And I know now I'm crying. It was just, it was 
I can just say it was magical. It was just, it was just this magical experience. And so again, uh, I feel like that was God and, um, and that's who I believe in and the angels, um, and our loved ones, you know, on the other side, all coming together to be like, this is where you're going to go. And for someone who always has to plan to be able to let go and let God guide in that moment, including our dinner that night, they got electricity that morning before we got married. We didn't know we were going to eat. I mean, we, we were going to be good with a bologna sandwich, you know, like at that point. So, so yeah, so those are, um, those are some of my stories. That is amazing, Heather. Oh my goodness. I love those stories. Talk about you being in law enforcement. We never have like uh, sirens in the background, but there's just a police car going by. <laughs> so there's a couple different things here that I noted down. I totally think that angels were in the car with you in, in the first story. When you were talking about afterwards, your partner having a child and you feeling that guilt, if you go back into that moment, did it make you pause or question or reflect or just feel like a semblance of like, you don't have a grounded position. Like you just feel kind of lost or tumbling, I guess, in life. Completely. Completely. Okay. Completely. Because there was an angel message that the angels were saying to share through that, that has really been coming in a lot in my sessions. And um, I actually talked to my counselor about it because it's just such a big thing that the angels have been bringing through lately. And it's this feeling of, you know, some people say, you know, when you feel lost or you feel stuck, some people call it an existential crisis. It's this moment where you feel like you don't have your feet planted on the ground anymore. You don't feel like you have that direction forward. You don't know exactly where you're going and you're questioning a lot. Okay. So when I channeled recently with the angels, what they said is that when this happens, it's actually that you have just closed the door in your life to a previous lesson or time that you have worked through, right? And you've learned your lessons from that period of time. You've done your work and you're really able to, in this new moment, when we say we feel lost or directionless or, or stuck, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because it means that we're in the middle of a doorway. The door is open in front of us and we're actually looking at this next chapter of our lives and we start to feel this next chapter through the energy itself of what is going to be coming in. And when we close one door to the past, we feel a semblance of okay, I know where I've been. I feel confident in who I am. I like where I've gotten so far. But when we open this door to this new chapter, what the angels say is we often misinterpret the energies that we're feeling. 
So it's really good for us to have those points of question. And the angels say it would be more productive for us to not think of it as being like lost or stuck, but really, in fact, that we are just allowing the more so that we tune into the divine and that oneness frequency, the divine to show us that next step in front of us, that next path, who we want to be in this next chapter. And so from that perspective, we can kind of take the stress and anxiety off of questioning and really look at it as um, a time to find our divine direction. Makes complete sense. Yes. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Okay. And then I love just how all of your stories bring you back around to listening to your own inner voice, because (laughs) um, that's really what it's just all about. And my goodness, did your spirit team list, like lead you to the perfect place for your wedding? I don't know how many people are watching on YouTube, but it's just gorgeous where you got married. Yes. It was magical. That's how I keep saying that word. Like that's just, it was, I felt like a princess. Like it was just It was just, it was just beautiful. It was full of love. Yes. Listening to your podcast. um, I would listen to it every night. Well, I found that's an angel story too, real quick. And last January, it was like literally January 1st, I walked outside my house and said, okay, I mean, I work out numerous days a week, but I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start going outside and walking. And I don't, I never listen to podcasts and I just typed angels and, and then you came up and it really changed my life because every day I would come home from work. I was just like many people, you just feel this yuck and you just want to get the yuck out and the negative and everything. And so to decompress, I would go for my nightly walks and I would go through, I don't know if it's two or three years, but I went through every single episode. And and then I, and so I purchased your book and I seriously was like, I can't do oneness. How can I do oneness? I can't even hold anything in my head for 30 seconds, you know, like with, well, I can't, I can't have like nothing going through my head in 30 seconds. So I, went through that and took my time, um, over four and a half months or so. And I was like, I made myself a priority. And I said, no, I'm going to do this. Even if I just lay here and just trade, just have silence and know that in silence, I can learn and I can receive, and I can listen to that inner intuition. And I think with my career, um, I just retired after 25 years in law enforcement, but my, I think my career also helped with that, that, that guidance and intuition, right? Because I have to rely on myself in, in, in those kind of situations. But through the program, I learned to really do the oneness and listen. And I think the change for me was being able to receive and then going through the program, asking questions, asking you questions, asking, you know, the, the ladies that um, are in my uh, group uh, different questions and sharing because everybody is everyone has gifts like you said everyone is gifted and then just everyone brings so much just to the table in different ways and it's also beautiful and magical but learning how to receive that and um, has been has been a great gift 
That's so incredible. Thank you so much for being here yes. and sharing your beautiful stories. They're just gorgeous. Um, Heather, I love your energy and everybody out there. If you have an angel story to share, go over to theangelmedium.com and uh, you could submit it through the contact form or the angel story button. We'd love to share your story on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank, Heather, you. thank you for listening to the show. Thanks. Friends, let's end today's episode with a prayer. Dear God, as we stand here at the threshold of a new year, we come to you humble in gratitude and hopeful in our hearts. We ask you to bless this world and every person in it with your endless love and abundance. We call upon your angels to extend their wings over every soul. May they touch every life, bringing healing where there is pain, strength where there is weakness, and infinite abundance in every area of every life. In this time of global reflection and anticipation, we pray earnestly for peace, peace within our own hearts, peace within our homes, peace across every land. Let hope rise and let love prevail, binding us in our shared humanity and interconnectedness. We ask for special care and protection for the children of our world. May they grow in a nurturing environment, shielded from harm and surrounded by care. Their laughter and their dreams are the seeds of a promising future. And we ask that each are blessed with every opportunity to thrive. God, guide us to be creators of our own harmonious world. Help us to become beacons of your energy and spread your love now and always. As we step into this next chapter of our lives, empower us to live in alignment with our soul. Find joy in each moment and embrace the beauty of life's journey. May we each walk in confidence and faith, knowing that with your divine guidance, anything is possible. May our hearts overflow with gratitude and our minds be filled with positive, loving thoughts. In this spirit of optimism and renewal, we step boldly into our future, ready to create love and thrive. In this we pray, amen. Friends, if you'd like to support this podcast, book a session with me or join my Angel Reiki School, where I'll help you develop all of your unique spiritual gifts and use them to serve. Visit theangelmedium.com or use the link in the show notes to book a discovery call with me personally. Thank you for being here. I love you.